From the Library of Maria Menounos, this is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. Hey everybody, this is Book Circle Online, mm. and today we're going to be talking about the third and final book in the Hunger Games trilogy, it's Mockingjay. 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 Let's do some yeah. brief intros. I'm Jeffrey Masters. Hi, I'm Kira Hesser. And I'm Jason Squamata. Jason, you'll recognize from Portland. Yes, the uh, the PDX uh, version of Book Circle Online, and it is my great privilege and pleasure to uh, to be here at the uh, the home office, as it were. Absolutely, with, together at last. I know the <laughs> summit. It's a, it's a crossover. It's, uh, <laughs> it, yeah. And Kira is brand new, but she's a very funny comedian and has a master's in tell us modern literature. Oh Ooh. my god! So at last, a little academic credibility for this Finally. enterprise. You don't know whether to trust us or not. Uh-huh. Trust Kira first. <laughs> trust me, I will lead this into many comparisons of Beowulf. Please uh, do. Fantastic. Whatever I need to do to uh-huh. bring it on home. Absolutely. Yeah. Love it. Love All right, it. tell me, guys, initial thoughts. Did you enjoy it? What would you think? Uh, well, myself, I... Um uh, yes, I enjoyed the hell out of uh, out of Mocking Jay. It was uh, I, I felt like a, a perfectly harrowing conclusion to what um, is a shockingly deep, violent, and grisly uh, young adult uh, mythology. Um, I watched the films before reading the books for the previous two, and I liked having this experience of not having the uh, the films images in my head as I read it, so I could kind of decode it for myself. But uh, it it yes, I was very satisfied by it and disturbed and thrilled. So yes, absolutely. Mm. What about you, Kira? Um, I would echo all those sentiments. I have not read any of the Hunger Games series until this one, um, and now I get the hype. Um, <laughs> I definitely. Loved the shit out of the first two movies. Loved them so much. Can't wait for this one to be released. Um, but I also, it was really exciting for me to not have the images of the film um, in my head because I don't like reading something after I've seen it because it's very hard for me to divorce the two mm-hmm. uh, interpretations. So um, I absolutely loved it. I think this is a stunning book, especially for a young adult uh, audience. I didn't get into Harry Potter either for similar reasons. I read a couple pages. I was like, eh, this just feels like too much for kids this did not feel that way to (laughs) me at all um i was completely entranced sweating reading it really excited so wow you know i have to say i'm a big fan of the series and the trilogy this might be my least favorite book Mm -hmm. of the three Mm -hmm. just for different like pacing issues that we'll get into but um to echo the sentiments of the movie you know we can't Mm -hmm. separate that since it's so current i felt a little bit robbed because instead of just having reactions and like living in the experiences of the characters Uh and feeling things i was imagining the actors feeling right 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 right. and just like what they would look like reacting yeah and i felt a little bit robbed in that sense yeah no i get that well you know i i actually um the uh, I love Jennifer Lawrence in the films, and uh, but uh, Peta is uh, that didn't really bring the character home for me. And wait, so, the actor or? Uh, or the actor playing Peta, okay. and uh, whose name eludes me. But um, Josh Hutcherson, that's yeah. the guy. Yes, no offense, Josh, if you're listening. <laughs> but um, uh, with Mockingjay, I felt like I had the liberty of kind of imagining it differently. Mm. And throughout the book, I was imagining Katniss as a young Bjork and uh, Cinna as Alexander McQueen. <laughs> <laughs> so the makeover scenes were kind of you know like beautiful, and I kept her uh, the Bjork song "Hunter" was running through my mind as uh, as Katniss was doing her. Thing. But may so, the odds be ever in your favor. Yeah, yes, like that. There you go. Perfect with the swan dress and everything. That's, That's so exciting. Funny. I need yeah. to go back and reread it with that in okay. mind. That's, She's my favorite. We have options until the movies come out. <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys think of District Thirteen? It was like the main setting. I thought it was like an interesting place, mm-hmm. but to me, just there wasn't that much going on there. I don't know if you guys. To, I mean, maybe I'm Jewish. I'm reading into things, but I was picking up on these like Holocaust images. Sure, mm-hmm. you know, like very regimented. There's the schedule imprinted on their forearm, right? Mm-hmm. And it just didn't seem like an exciting place. Yeah, well, yeah. It, it's almost like a, a uh, like a Holocaust that the oppressed people have imposed on themselves right. in this strange way. So you know, yes, yeah, scurrying to you know, hiding from uh, you know an apocalypse that they think could erupt at any moment. Um, so. It did kind of like set a tone. I mean, first the book beginning in the ruins of District 12, where right. 
you know, the home of our heroines, you know, mm. their heart has, has been sifting through the dust of that place and going to this, in, in its way, even darker environment as our headquarters. It kind of set a tone for, uh, for the grimness of this book, which, you know, I mean, it does have tremendous action in it and thrills and spectacle, but the previous two books are very much very action oriented. Yeah. And, uh, and so it, it did, it did effectively set the tone, but, a, a kind of grim, slow tone. I, I thought it was pretty fast. I mean, I, I, I know that I haven't read the first two, so maybe, and I know they were all set in the games in the arena, so mm. much more exciting setting. Yeah. But I thought the notion of, you know, this whole book, this the theme of how the oppressed have sort of, how these different districts have overcome their oppressor and what they've had to do to overcome it. And there's many lines, the thought of how these people have, created a, a society that they maybe wouldn't have preferred, but that's how they had to live it in order to survive. They had mm. to go underneath. So it was like feeling, there was a lot of times that the protagonist, I feel like, struggled with understanding the motives of a culture that's so different from her own, but trying to truly understand it, saying like, you know, they probably didn't want to be that regimented. They probably would have liked to have given more food, but that wasn't an option for them. I agree. And feeling mm. a, a real empathy for that. And, and I think that there's so many beautiful connections there between like the excess of America versus how we think of other cultures and how little that they have and how much we'd probably look down on them for that or how simple another lifestyle could be when we're the ones that are living beyond our means. Right. Well, we're, yeah, we're eating all their stuff. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> yeah. They had like a line in there too about like oh. our ancestors didn't care about us. They right. yeah. destroyed our planet. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah, we are. Huh? Yeah, indeed. Yeah. indeed. There yeah. Are we so can't many argue against signs. that. Yeah, yeah. And, and that idea was interesting because, uh, I mean, unless I'm mistaken, unless I've missed something, in the previous two books, there wasn't, um, there were only the vaguest of allusions to the prehistory of this world that we're seeing. Mm. So it wasn't clear to me up until this book that it was like in our future. Mm. You know, that, oh. that perhaps it's an alternate universe, perhaps, you know, it, it like seemed more purely allegorical yeah. that this could be about right now oh, and sure. that it is yeah. in many ways. I wasn't clear on that until they said something about the Romans in ancient empire. And right. I was like, oh, that must have been way far because, oh, you know, yeah. for us, obviously, like we understand that world, but it seemed so far away from this protagonist's historical understanding. Right, right. Yeah, right. I actually wrote down reading the book, like huh. as part of my notes is when is this? Yeah. Like, when yeah. is it taking yeah, place? Yeah, right. And yeah. I could not find anything about it on the internet. Uh -huh. And yeah. um, Suzanne didn't respond to my tweet. Oh, <laughs> Suzanne. Suzanne. Yeah. Um, but I, based on what I was reading that other people had like, during interviews, it's like mm. many years, like almost Star Wars. Sure, you know? right, right, right. Like a thousand years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, in, in that line, I felt was like just enough to take it out of allegory that, you know, our ancestors didn't care about us. And yes, I thought of us, you know. Totally. And it was so interesting, too, that in 13, yeah, they're focused on survival, right. but not for themselves, but for the entire human race. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I've never read a book that is like, has that concern right yeah. let alone a young adult book indeed yeah yeah, yeah. well and, and just as a i mean a young adult book um what shocked me you know flipping through it realizing that it was so popular with that market a, a book that i mean uh, there's been dystopian fiction for young adults before but this isn't just presenting a model of the system as indifferent to us it's um actually you know the system hates us. Yeah. In this book, the yeah. system is using us as fuel yeah. and food. Yeah. And uh, and has divided us for us. Yeah. And it's so like, kind of profoundly subversive to be putting that idea in the heads of a generation of. Um, I, of kids. I know, incredible. Yeah. I have to give her mad props, y'all. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> We're creating something so. So well thought out. So this book encompassed, I feel, almost every issue of humanity from drug withdrawal, sex trafficking, like anything that yeah. our culture faces now and problem problems in society was addressed. So much drugs usage yeah. Yeah. for everything. Right, yeah. right, right. Like she was drugged up the entire like first half of the book and yeah. then everyone just getting like pill after pill. Yeah. Right, right. I right. even was wondering when she brought up the idea of caffeine and I thought, oh, that's interesting. It's She presented it so positively like – you know, it was sweet to me after, you know, using milk and sugar and then how it really had a reverse effect. I made her wiry and nervous. And she said that was a mistake. Right. So really, if, you know, the sort of greater voice of the author is advocating a non-reliance on any substance. Uh -huh. Indeed. And I, I yeah, and kind of like 13 had to go back to like this like base level of like no freedoms, yeah. like no excitement, no yeah. fun, uh -huh. just yeah. to like build up to like. Then they get like a wedding to celebrate. Right. Like, yeah. Oh my god, dancing—that's yeah. so weird. Uh, yeah, 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 no, yeah, I love that part. Yeah. yeah, it was great to see like how 
the joyous occasion was only brought by having all of these different cultures donate what they were good at yeah, or what they had to offer. Right. And that was a beautiful symbol of any sort of, you know, marriage of any the two people. Right. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Like the song from four and the dance from 12. Yeah. Right, right, right. The frosting. Yeah. So this kind of austere beauty and you imagine like a wedding in the capital would be this grotesque, Mm. excessive, dazzling, you know, five million screens and, you know, and, um, and, um, and the fact that the people from the capital that, uh, who are living in district 13, I love the idea that, um, they're compulsive spin doctors. That everything they say and everything they think about is how someone's image is coming across. They're constantly yeah. coming up with ideas for how to how to present Katniss, how to present each other, how this is going to look, and that they've been trained to kind of see things that way. That this kind of authenticity is completely foreign to them, yeah. and they seem yeah. very out of sorts. The and propaganda machine, right? Yeah, totally. Um, it really f- weird to me the importance of like the TV screen. Like they're uh, each having propaganda one hundred and one just right. like, thrown down. Yeah. yeah, and instead of the capital just shutting it off and letting like nobody, they were just like, okay, fine. Uh-huh. But right. we just had to have like more important yeah. stuff. Right, 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 right. Yeah, right. And that there's even a slang for it. It's propos. Is that? It's, oh yeah. It's like yeah. an advert, but like just you know that everyone is generating propaganda of one kind or another. And what what what's it's your normal going to be like? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I had to look that word up. I was like, are did they like misspell it was this a typo uh, yeah like there was a lot of like little phrases in here that were like one letter off from ours which I liked like the morphling yeah, right? yeah. Morphling. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah I was like you put an L in there it's more fancy uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> but clever Suzanne uh, we do see you indeed yes yeah. yes yeah. behind the, through the morphling haze but uh, I liked in that aspect to me kind of called out to uh, to 1984 and to Brave New World these other dystopias that, mm. and she's very aware of them and kind of hitting certain notes of those worlds and I, I loved that uh, when PETA came back that he had been through this process that uh, calls out to uh, the Clockwork Orange, the uh, the Ludovico technique in Clockwork Orange, oh. where they're showing him things and uh, like the things that he's not supposed to like and uh, making him sick while he watches them. And of course, in that story, he, you know, they, there's Beethoven in the mix. And mm. the only, you know, noble thing about this character is that he likes Beethoven. And it ruins that for him and destroys his humanity. But PETA, the thing that gives his life meaning is loving Katniss and his memory memories of her have been polluted by this brainwashing yeah. technique. Like watching too much Bravo. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> can rob you of I agree with that. I've cut yeah. myself off. Right. <laughs> I've had to. you got to draw the line. Yeah. You have yeah. to. Right. When um, Kita came back, it, mm-hmm. for me, it was like the game changer. Yeah. And I realized, oh yeah, the first two books were just about Katniss and Peter's relationship. Mm-hmm. And that was the core of it. Right. And I think that's why the first like two-thirds of this book, Mockingjay, was so mm-hmm. like slow uh-huh. for me. You felt right. it dragged? Yeah, right. absolutely. Uh-huh. Because, I did not. Oh, did really? You? Well, I you know I, I did I did feel a bit of a drag compared to the other books, but it it felt effective to me because mm. she's scurrying around in these holes. I, yeah. I felt very bound to her experience yeah, by too. that. Oh, I see. You know, it, for me, she just yeah. felt a little inactive. Where we used to this Katniss, who's like got her bow and sure. fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I yeah. was like, why aren't you like in meetings and planning? Right. Yeah. No, she did feel lost. Yeah, yeah there was that. Then yeah. again, I didn't realize that she. I mean, I guess I realized it, but mm-hmm. um, she's seventeen and she does like PTSD and she's right. like got a concussion and like nothing's going yeah. her way and heavily medicated, as you said. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And uh, and it, and there's something you know that I think people who have seen the films. There's a layer of the experience of these books that that they're not getting where, uh, I mean, uh, Katniss is the narrator and she is such a nervous, harried, I mean, she's just in so much jeopardy all the time. But, uh, you know, like getting back into this book, I'd forgotten what a anxious, desperate mental state she's in all the time, constantly questioning her own motives, everyone else's yeah. motives. Yeah. And uh, it's a very kind of keyed up emotional state that it puts you in. I could never relax with this book. Yeah, you know? I agree. And I, I think it's really interesting that finally, I mean, I, I read a lot and I rarely come across, especially for like young adult major protagonist of our time. It will be this, will be Katniss, I think, for a lot of our, uh, for this generation. And we don't really see the woman who's extremely strong, who's extremely talented and skillful, but who is uh, emotionally closed off. And she is socially maladept. And mm. because the char- because Suzanne hasn't made her, you know, this like wonderful, happy person that everybody loves, it's much more of a struggle for us to be with her and be attached to her and watch her sort of open up to people, open up that stone that she yeah. keeps describing her heart as being. Um, like just seeing this like reluctant figurehead 
which is yeah. such a fascinating right. protagonist. And I would right. even add to your list of like characteristics that I don't know that she's the most likable person. Yeah. Right. And I think the first two books really relied on Peta, like bringing out this humanity yeah. in her. Yeah. Yeah. And then in this book, Peta's not there. Right. And it's just like, how can we like fall in love with her again? Yeah. yeah. Which is why I really think that the movies are lucky that everyone's so enamored by with Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence. Lawrence. Sure. I know they made a strong choice. Yeah. yeah because, and with this book, they're like splitting into two movies. Mm. So I'm worried that that first movie is going to be really dragging. Uh, uh, right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. like a Schindler's List, which has its own. Oh, uh-huh. perfect. <laughs> yeah, <yes>. Merit. <laughs> yeah. But with hot young people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hot young starving more people. Uh, it's right. the Hollywood uh, version of Auschwitz. Perfect. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember uh-huh. exactly when I first liked Katniss again in this book. They mm-hmm. were down in the bunker during the bombings, and she's talking with Prim, mm-hmm. and she's able to finally be honest and be vulnerable. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there it is. Right. Yeah. That's what I was missing. That was deep. Yeah. In. Yeah. Well, that's way deep into the book. Yeah, right. that's first and time. Earth. Right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and Earth. No, yes. I think, but that's at least halfway through. Sure, yeah. sure. And that well, and that's the only character by that point. I mean, even Gale has become, you know, like what are his motives? And he, yeah. you know, how deep into this revolution is him? Is he? And does that make him disloyal to her? All these questions. Prim remains the only person. That uh, that she can be completely open and honest with. So yeah. So leading up to that scene, it's just Katniss just feel things, just yeah. let things happen, <laughs> yeah. and not tells anybody about it. Right. She's yeah. like, yeah, well, she just feels it. But right. I've never had any strong feelings one way or the other for Prim. Uh-huh. But for this book, yeah. I was like, thank you. Yeah. Well, in fleshing her out a little bit, because she's been this kind of prop, the you know the, yeah. the sister in trouble, and you know, and ironically, like leading kind of to make her death more meaningful. Spoiler alert! Sure. Everyone's read it, and uh, presumably um, everyone in this room. Yeah, indeed, y'all read it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but to uh, yeah, to give her a little life, and the fact that she's going to have the opportunity to be a doctor, that she's, you know, we we just got a little more life with her, just yeah. enough for it to sting more when uh, yeah. when it comes full circle. And I loved that she described her sister as finally, I, finally, I see my own sister, and the not just a doctor, not just helpful, but the thing that I'd never quite realized about her, which is she's like this objective paragon of like truth and like being able to look at something a situation objectively and finding the hope in it right and what a beautiful right um quality that is that she doesn't have because she's kind of a yeah. misanthropic uh, pessimist. Right, right. Well, and it puts yeah. her and us in a very interesting place at the end of the book when Prim is gone. I mean, the story's come full circle. All this has happened to Katniss because she stood in the way of Prim's death. Oh, yeah. You know? I never thought about that. And mm. it's it's finally, you know, come around. Prim is gone. The whole world has changed. But that kind of touchstone of truth and compassion is not in her world anymore. That's fascinating. You're saying Hunger Games, like chapter one. Yeah. She volunteers to save Prim. Right. And this entire event happens three books later. And right. and to quote the back of the book, right. why am I not dead? I should be dead. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I happened like five times in this book. I felt uh, like I was like, uh, she's, I mean, dead, yeah. right? No, yeah. still somehow not yeah. dead. Right. You know what I right. kept thinking when she rescued the cat from District 12 and brought it back? Yeah. I was thinking, okay, this cat is going to be like the shotgun on the wall. Like uh-huh. it's going to have the major plot point. Sure. It's going to come back the oh, last yeah, chapter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe like yeah. Harry Potter style is going to become uh-huh. a person, but I was like convinced right. that <laughs> that cat was going to have like and, the plot and, choice. And the last scene, jumping out at President's name. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Just representative, guy. maybe, of like her having her nine lives. Oh, well, that well, I feel like the the uh, like antipathy between Katniss and the cat yeah. is that they're so much alike. I yeah, mean, it's this so mean-tempered little but like survivor. Yeah, I mean, this in the ruins and the dust uh, and the skull-studded dust of District Twelve. This cat oh, yeah. is still alive. Yeah. It seems well fed. Yeah, great point. Yeah. yeah. Able to go out and hunt for itself and take care of itself and also stand guard over its family, but not necessarily make any friends. Right. Yes. That's interesting. Yeah. What did you guys think about the uh, friendship slash relationship between Katniss and Gail? It's hard for me not to picture that actor. Uh. So I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, he's, yes, he's, uh, he's another one. I'm curious to, uh, to see, um, how, what, the actor Liam something Hemsworth Hemsworth yes um, how his Gale comes across in these final films because I felt like his character in the previous books was he is good boyfriend who will love Katniss yeah. no matter what yeah and but he gets a little more complex and reckless book. and reckless yeah yeah at first I didn't I kept going back between him being reckless to um, 
I, I thought originally that somebody would have to die, either Peta or Gail, because oh. she would never make, make the, the decision. decision. Sure, yeah. sure. And I thought that he knew that. Right. So I thought he kept putting himself in harm's way in order to either die and or impress her. But also, deep down, he's lost his entire village yeah. of 12, so he's hurt and wants to get payback. Yeah. Right, right. But... um. I don't. I thought it was interesting that they never discussed their relationship. They never tried to put a label on it or talk about it. Right. They just kind of were both happy and preoccupied with other things. Yeah, right, I guess. Right, we just right. overheard him when <clears throat> Peta discuss it. Right, like she's never going to make that decision unless uh, it's the person that she decides that she can't survive. survive. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What does that mean? That's like the most unsexy way of saying. Uh, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Katniss is not a very sexy figure. It is all about like survive. I mean, if you don't picture Jennifer Lawrence, uh-huh. yeah. Right. Well, I guess, like, for both of them, like, whoever, sorry, whoever she chooses, like, it's like, oh, she couldn't survive without me. It's like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but that might be part of what they both love about her. That I mean that you know that mm-hmm. she is a survivor and she's not like twirling flowers in her hair and oh and who's the cutest one and who loves me more yeah. Yeah. you know she's torn you know between them throughout but I, I love the bait and switch in this book where when Peta comes back with you know having been brainwashed and I feel like you know it it, uh, it would have been totally convincing for Peta to die. And for the brainwashing to slide away, and in that moment, I love you, oh. Katniss. I love you, but I'm mm. going to be with Gail because he's a revolutionary hero now, and we've changed the world. And but it's Gail who, in the static between him and Katniss, he's become more involved in this revolution. He, you know, and he's he's like building death traps with yeah. BT, yeah, and uh, and becomes you know, and and the way that we're learning that the revolution, how cruel it is, and mm-hmm. how you know the line between it and the capital is yeah. is kind of thin. Gail was also taking like the active stance that Katniss was not either by choice or by coins doing. I don't right. know, right? But he was like, yeah, he was in charge and making decisions and building weapons. Sure. I also wonder where sex fits into this world mm-hmm. where you're trying to win a war but also preserve your like species. Right. Mm-hmm. Like does love and sex fit in just for like fun or is Yeah. Well I mean it, it's maybe back when there are separated districts, but not Right. It didn't seem like thirteen there was much Sexy times. Uh, uh-huh. No, no. It's all about kissing, which which well, is nice. Well, when they get the people from, because they're uh, they're they're um, they've been irradiated, right? right. They, they're excited by the people from the new districts coming right. because they can actually breathe right, and they're propagate. Infertile, right? Or mostly yes. infertile. Oh, and like the gene pool is expanding. Right. Yes. And uh, and but you get the impression that I mean, obviously, people in the other districts previous to the revolution are are having sex, they're having children, but, you know, you get the feeling, I mean, there's no, um, people are desperately clinging to each other in these shadowy little corners while this oppressive regime kind of crushes the life out of them. I really loved the the ending sort of decision between, and I I liked that this wasn't about a love triangle. Like, I know Mm. know overall that's one of the major plot points, but it never felt like, as much for the going back and forth it is, it didn't feel forced, it didn't feel like, you know, Harlequin-y, Harlequin-y. and I really loved the sort of, you know, notion of, you know, I don't need somebody who is also just like me. I need sort of the yin to my yang. I need uh, somebody that it is the, the the sunshine, the dandelion, right. not somebody who's building the death booby traps because that's what I'm good at, uh-huh. too. Right, 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 right. Um, I think well, also that this book is coming off of the wave of Twilight. Mm, and sure. so in order to replace that franchise, Hunger Games came out and they're publicizing the movie with marketing right. with Team Edward, Team Jacob, Team Gail, Team P- uh, Peta. Right. But that's not actually what the book's about. But no. going no. into the book, I was thinking it just because of the, like, the movie marketing. Sure, and sure. Well, are they doing the team the team guy thing? I haven't seen that In the first book. Oh, or the okay. first movie of the book. Well, okay. I think even in how they present the films, it kind of has to become like less and less relevant. But it, I mean, it's a good device to get people into the book. Yeah. But I, I think it never felt inauthentic to me because because Katniss herself doesn't seem to be that into it. It's not yeah. like it's not sure. like which man do I want. It's yeah. like it's like who can handle it if I hurt them. Yeah. It's like it's it, she you know just doesn't want to hurt these yeah. guys. It's like the worst timing ever right. for yeah. a relationship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I mean this her whole lifetime, this whole world they live in. It's never, you know, it's yeah. never a good time to be in love in the world of Hunger Games. <laughs> there's the tagline my word I, got, mm. I also feel like young people never think that they'll get over their first love sure and so Gail and Peter are both like uh oh yeah. how do I like latch on because if not it's going to turn into R&J right. and yeah. we'll all die right. even though spoiler alert everyone does die uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, <laughs> also, much. and on top of that, if it were, imagine if it were being broadcast to the entire, your oh. entire universe. So it like, mm. takes on this like sort of super cult of celebrity status. Yeah. Um, you know, they are the, the Brad and Jen yeah, or right. the Brangelina. Right. Well, with, but with this, you know, reality TV aspect, like as it happens, the fact that, you know, it's a surveillance culture sort of celebrity, mm. but everything is doctored. Everything is spun. It's not yeah. like anything is candid. Yeah. And, and uh so yeah this weirdly mediated reality that they have but that they that they amp that up with with her becoming the mockingjay she's becoming a like a goddess figure yeah it's not just you're not just like a weapon of distraction now you're not just you know a tool of the capital to keep our, you know everyone's minds off their problems you are there to draw attention everyone's attention to their problems mm. to the injustice and to compel them to rise up so uh yeah she becomes this goddess figure that presides over the collapse of civilization. I did keep um, wondering whether or not this sort of like uh, reality series, I, I really enjoyed, because I felt so much, I didn't read the first two books, but in the first two movies, this, I definitely you get that notion of the cult of celebrity mm. and, you know, our t- horrific paparazzi culture, just the sense of like living under a microscope when you are, you know, unwillingly made into a figurehead like Katniss is for her entire District, world, whatever, to save the world. Um, but I kept waiting for the sort of crew to become insidious in a way that it never, I don't feel it, I mean, maybe it started to, but mm. they kind of remained very much more uh, objective and trying to get the true sort of documentarian story about what was happening, obviously with the notion of having it be shown to the Capitol, but versus right. what the Capitol's propaganda machine was, uh-huh. right. um, it right. was, um, I don't know. A little val- more valiant. Yeah. Yes. You know, and I, I, I suppose initially I feel, but I, I think like as the conflict proceeded, I mean, with them, with the the uh, District 13 making decisions, like blowing up the nut and yeah. everything in it and blocking all the exits, like their decisions become more and more drastic. They become more and more a reflection of what they're fighting yeah. until you get to this climax where basically Katniss has to decide which tyrant to kill. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and is it the tyrant of the order that has fallen away, who's just like a husk now and a harmless old man? Right. You know, and is it, it's all he ever was, you know, with his mouth full of blood poison from all the poison. Stores, yeah. Right. Like, what does that guy have to go through to maintain his admittedly evil, depraved existence? But he's yeah. a survivor, too. But she's looking at, you know, Coin, I think, has re- revealed herself as just another monster in the making and so she makes that call yeah and uh, so it makes wasn't expecting that no yeah it makes the whole (laughs) kind of revolutionary undercurrent really ambiguous and doesn't leave us in a place where Ewoks are dancing and we can be happy the empire has fallen hooray everything's good now it's very ambiguous she's just gone back to this you know shadowy sad life where again Things seem to be better, but she's just clinging to human moments in the middle of a very grim world. Yeah, it did feel like the end wrapped itself up pretty quick. Yeah, that, uh, like, ten years like, later, like yeah. in eight pages. It's it like, was like, by the way, Prim's dead. By the oh. way, Coin's dead. By yeah. the way, everyone's happily ever after. But sort of, but not really. Yeah, you know, yeah. you're like, whoa. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah I don't. I've well, got I'm, a baby that I'm terrified of. <laughs> <laughs> the last third of the book moves so fast. Uh-huh. That, I mean, I thought it was fine, but I just. Uh, I thought it was a little anticlimactic when like, we're like, Prim died, but they didn't ever say that. We just saw the ponytail and you could assume. Huh. And then she wakes up in the hospital. And I was right. like, stop waking up in the I hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm bashing the book uh-huh. the whole time because uh-huh. I really did enjoy it, I, like, sure. the series. But sure. I think the biggest problem I had was that it's written the first person. Mm. Yeah. And so when Katniss blacks out, we have to black out too. Yeah. And then I want to know what's happening with PETA after he leaves Tigris' house. Right, right, like, right. what is he doing? I want to know yeah. if it's like rehabilitation. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it must be because it's for a young adult audience because the answers can't be there for them. You know, it's, yeah. it's like, let's let us align with feeling lost like we all do. Mm hmm. In this world of politics, it seems so far away from how are we ever supposed to reverse the environmental yeah. issues, reverse the societal issues. So just I loved I really loved that about I mean, I understand the whole waking up in the hospital thing is irritating a lot. And sometimes I felt like it reversed to a little bit of omniscient, like when they would hear Gail and Peta talking mm-hmm. about her. Was she overhearing that? That I felt, think so. Oh, mm-hmm. she was. OK. Well, regardless, I liked that, you know, in these meetings, she was always like, I didn't have much to contribute because I don't know anything about this. <laughs> like, I enjoyed that because that's how I feel in yeah. this sort of situation if I were in her shoes. So right. it, it made me feel closer to her, sure. I think. Yeah. Sure. 
And I think interesting in the story that she's this massive symbol, the mm-hmm. Mockingjay, mm-hmm. and yet they're not trying to like, in, um, like make her a bigger role in the re- revolution. Right. They want to make her only a symbol. Right. Well, she's there to set it off. Yeah. You know? And it's yeah. not like they're going to posit her as the figurehead, you know, after the fact. Yeah, totally. Where did that title come from? Um, I mean, I know where the title came from, but uh-huh. um, I was just curious why they wanted to her to have this name instead of being like, the revolution's coming and Katniss is here to like help right, it. Right, right, right. Does that mm. just kind of like Mocking transcend Jay? her? Yeah. Like, yeah. They were just, it was such like a massive plot point in the beginning to like make her accept the title. Yeah. Right, right, right. Was somebody else a Mockingjay previous? That was not clear well, to me. Well, okay. Now, the Mockingjay, if I remember correctly, they break it down in the first book that it's this genetically engineered um, bird because they made the Jabberjays, yeah. which will record the voices of, um, you know, they, they use them for surveillance. So they're picking up the whispers of potential revolutionaries and flying back to the capital and delivering the whispers. And, uh, and but then the Mockingjay... They, uh, the, the people in the districts kind of reverse engineered it. So they made a bird that would bring lives back to the capital. So oh. I think, um, as a symbol of them appropriating the, uh, you know, the oppressive technology yeah. of yeah. this culture and making it something that they could use to be more free. Oh, wow. But also the, the little idol, the, um, that, uh, the mayor's daughter gives her, the little, the yeah. little pendant becomes kind of like symbolic. But why couldn't Katniss as Katniss have been the symbol and not right. Katniss as the Mockingjay? Oh, well... Is maybe, it just like the lore of just it? Just the theater of it, spreading okay. the wings and, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, like superheroes, like people will, you know, like the Captain America a movie, name. Another Adventure of Steve Rogers, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. I guess is that also why, like, all the characters had such, like, fantastical names? Uh, yeah. It's better than, oh my god, Ashley who won the Hunger Games. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Katniss. Yes. It just seems so... Uh-huh. Reading this, it's like, this couldn't not be an enormous blockbuster film. It's uh-huh. so cinematically written. It is, yeah. You know, she even works in how what the wardrobe will be in right. these films. Like, of course, the spectacle of these are just like so embedded into the writing. Oh, and the the makeover scenes, like yeah. the recurring intense makeover <laughs> yeah. scenes yeah. of like you know, like we're gonna take you to beauty level zero, and yeah. then we're gonna build you up. Every and... audience loves a makeover. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Totally. yeah, yeah, bravo. Indeed. Right, yeah. yeah. She knows. She writes for television. Uh-huh. She knows. Sure. She does. Yeah. What does she write for? Um, was it Nickelodeon? Oh yeah, yeah. She started out in children's television. She uh, she did stuff for Nickelodeon. She I guess she's famous for. Uh, Clarissa explains oh everything. Oh my god! Was it, that? All. Oh, it all. Clarissa explains it all. <laughs> oh, there it is. That yes. was me when I was. I dressed uh, just like her. That, oh really? Oh okay. I, 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 still I can see that. Yeah, totally. You yeah, yeah. She it. was yeah. my favorite. Okay. Oh nice. wow! Now I love her even more. Yeah. And that's why, like, the book had such like a specific structure of like the three acts, like right. The, uh, theater of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of on her hard drive. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. but and I, she also grew up as a the daughter of a air. Was he in the air force? He was in the air force in Vietnam, I guess. Okay. And, and uh, so as a soldier's daughter, she kind of, and you get the, you know, the absent father thing with Katniss, but also, oh, yeah. you know, like someone, um, you know, growing up in wartime, she was mm-hmm. feeling Facts that more intensely than, you know, a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. I also could just tell reading it that she had just experience with certain things, be it, mm-hmm. uh, they, I remember they were bandaging up somebody's um like bloody legs maybe or an arm yeah. and she's like I knew from watching my mom that like once the blood stain gets to a certain size like it's never, never gonna back. go back right and I was like that's very specific yeah yeah yeah. yeah. like yeah. who's a doctor in your family yeah right, that's right. probably your dad's Vietnam stories yeah yeah well in the, in the and that's why the kind of dystopian you know end of the world aspect I think sinks in so deeply and is so emotional you know because there are these details mm. you know rather than you know we just we live in a bad world we yeah. have to fight for freedom <laughs> yeah that yeah. like little details like that really bring it home and you can you know you can smell the filth of these people yeah. and their suffering the dog stew yeah yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice touch yeah, yeah. I was also reading I don't know if you guys talked about in the first Hunger Games review mm-hmm. uh, but um, that she kind of was basing on the story of uh, Theseus and the Matador and the uh, Minotaur Minotaur yes yeah. yeah how you know in, how in Greek mythology and there are like classical references throughout every of other course. person has you know mm-hmm. uh, Caesar, Plutarch the right <laughs> um, but the uh yeah, that uh, as uh, as tribute um, to or the Minotaur um, Crete, I think, is cursed because um, the uh, King Minos did not give offerings to the gods, and so uh, Zeus comes and stups his wife as a bull, <laughs> and uh, and she gives birth to the Minotaur, who's a monster, and uh, to keep it from just rampaging and eating. 
you know, eating the whole uh, civilization, they build the labyrinth, and uh, which is like the arena and the Hunger Games, and they bring offerings yeah. of uh, the youngest, most beautiful people from mm. all the districts to uh, to feed the Minotaur. Yeah, and then eventually, I think Theseus like stepped down and like saved them, fought for them, right? Got the name Katniss, uh-huh. but um, and then also she was saying like gladiators. Yeah, and I was like, oh, you, that's exactly right. Yeah. Sure, sure. I thought yeah. people had never watched people kill each other, and then I said, uh-huh. oh yeah, that's yeah, right. we oh, did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, and if not killing on TV now, it's like pulling the weaves. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's we love a spectacle, a sick. Sick spectacle. Yeah, isn't that weird? Well, and, yeah. and it just, well, it lets us, you know, go through our relatively boring lives. I mean, to varying degrees. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm sure we're, uh, you know, enjoying our lives, whatever shapes they're taking. But, you know, very few of us have lives that are charged with that fight or flight, you know, like struggle for survival thing. Mm. And to watch people kind of ritualistically, you know, indulge that or fight those battles yeah. for us, you know, on a screen kind of... Um, and that's why I was so shocked that in the end mm-hmm. they said, "Should we have another Hunger Games?" And I said, "No." I know, right. and, she and they said all yes. voted for it. Yeah, well, yeah. and that was, a, you know, a sign that this was, you know, going to be just more, more corruption. Yeah, that yeah. you just you can't, you know, that just. That do you think the series controlling. is over, or do you think that was a way of her like opening a door to? Well, I, I, I hope there there aren't more sequels because I, I just I feel like that that is a great way to end it because it's you know it's not giving you again you no dancing Ewoks this like the problems yeah. you know are have temporarily been resolved but you know these are problems that civilizations have by yeah. their very nature because yeah. there's always going to be someone with more and someone with less yeah. someone taking advantage of the system and uh, so I like that kind of ambiguity that it has. I, I think if there was another book, it'd be a little bit too, like, over the head. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked that she, like, wove it in. Right, that right, right. There's, like, the rich people which like, stealing from the poor, the poor oh. that are dying, yeah. and they just have, like, more food that they're right. throwing up. Yeah. 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 Vomitorium. So yeah, I think it would just get too cliche <laughs> if it happened again. Right, no, totally. Yeah. Well, and I think in part of the, I think the kind of structural problem, I guess, with this book, or the way that it seems slower, maybe not as riveting as the first two, is um, each of those books had the Hunger Games at their center. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. there's the build-up to the games and uh, and then the aftermath. But in this book, the Hunger Games has, bl- has blown out. I mean, they're, you know, they're living in the Hunger Games. Yeah. Every man, woman, and child. Yeah. And the city becomes the course. Yeah, yeah. And so it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have this, like, main event. To Well, the main event is, like, the revolution, but it's it's like the whole world is inveigled in the struggles for survival. So it's like you're not sure who to root for. And I think yeah. that's part of its bravery and part of its beauty, but also why it maybe has a little less tension yeah. than the previous two. Yeah. And I don't think it was... It felt, like, very organic to me and believable, I don't know that it like helped speed it up at right. all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. But I think it's interesting that you don't think it was slow. In the I beginning. didn't at all, and I think it's because um, while the first, I know I didn't read the first two, but I'm sure it was probably as action packed as the movies, where it's just constant go, 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 and there's not much time for this one. I feel like asked major questions and answered them as best this protagonist could, such as like, what do you do with the fallout of that kind of war, or what do you do in the middle of war? Is it every man for himself? What about the people that you've killed? Who is it okay to kill? Like that notion of like allowing them a trapdoor out and mm-hmm. then killing them or shutting out the trapdoor. Right. You know, tit for tat. Is it an eye for an eye? Is yeah, it that sort right. of ancient system of punishment? Um, or is it supposed to be something more evolved? Like, we haven't answered that yet, and they obviously haven't because in the end they chose to I do agree. eye right. for an eye. Right. Um, right. So I really enjoyed sort of sitting with her um, while she asked these major questions and while you see everybody around her struggling and acting as though they're composed and they know the answer. But right. it's all... It was like lies within lies, like just as that whole Hunger Games was a setup for her. This one too ended up being an entire setup to get coin, you know, right. into the into yeah. presidency. And I thought it was fairly apparent that it was decided that coin did send that uh, the second bomb, right? Yes. Okay, I was reading yeah. online somewhere. They uh, said, was it coin or not? But I right. thought it was fairly obvious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think for it not to be coin would be an unnecessary level of complexity. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't see any like hints towards that. Yeah, yeah. no, no yeah. not at all. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, in, in the previous two books, I think there was that complexity, but it was kind of between the lines, like, uh, like her relationship with Rue. I mean, she has this beautiful relationship with Rue that is just this like motivating force and makes the people in District 11 rise up. But if things hadn't played out that way with Rue, would Katniss have killed Rue? 
Yeah. Katniss was in a position where, you know, like if, if she had to choose between her own life and yeah. like would she have had to kill Peta to keep like Rue alive? I right. mean so it's like all all that all that ambiguity. I, I like that there's like tremendous action and violence in it, but we're kind of like soaking in the consequences yeah. of yeah, every violent yeah. choice. And it wasn't until like towards the end that she killed somebody like unarmed in cold blood. Uh-huh. And it was after that point when she'd lost Boggs, she'd lost Finnick, right. and she was like, this is very real and there's no way out of this without right. me killing people. Right, yeah. right. And so she like steps up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and like, and leading up to it and throughout, I just, I love the moments where you're kind of like, you know, grooving on the romance aspect or or imagining them as the as the movie actors and all these you know hot young people doing all these very physical things but then you'll have a moment where it just suddenly hits you like the hunger games have turned all these people into killers yeah these kids are all killers yeah you know and they know a million ways to kill everyone they walk into a room with and and uh and there's kind of a layer of tragedy there too because no one is innocent in yeah exactly I love there's a line that I wrote down because I thought it was so good is um, or is my own history making me too sensitive and it's that notion of like uh, oh what I've gone through decides what I'm going to do you may have gone through something exactly the same or completely different and we're both operating from absolutely different paradigms of who we're close to who our family is what matters most to us but if we were in your shoes it would be just entirely another story so yeah. there's never going to be a fully a way of being completely equal or making, I don't know, fair decisions in this kind of civilization. Mm. And um, I think because, at least in my case, I'm in my shoes reading the book. Mm. And, yeah, they're kids, whatever. But then when I saw the movie, I was like, oh, my God, they're kids. Yeah. These are like 12-year-olds, 15-year-olds. Right. Like, yeah. Right. bloodthirsty yeah. because they have to be to survive yeah. yeah and that's the case you turn on the tv and that's absolutely the case all over the world right now these right. kids are just just you know wielding guns and bombs and knives and killing because they were told to or because they watched their family be killed right. and right you know it makes sense but it's sick and sad mm. um and there was a point with in the beginning of this where they said um what the idea what the you know the whole objective is is to unite all the districts including the capital and have representatives from each and somebody you know scoffed and they said well hey it's worked before and it could work again like has it worked before mm-hmm. how long how, how did it <laughs> yeah. really work for Will a few it minutes yeah. Yeah. yeah for a few minutes for you yeah yeah i think it's pretty cool that young kids in middle school high schools are reading these books yeah and that those questions are being like ants asked. Right? yeah right right yeah so much uh you know just deeper questions than you know, should I go with the vampire or the werewolf? Exactly. Yeah, totally. Oh my god. <laughs> or I grew up reading. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I grew uh, up reading like the Hardy Boys, and I love them. They're uh, great, but they didn't ask like questions beyond like their city. Their yeah. mystery. Yeah. Well, the time. It, I mean, it's kind of inherent in books like that, and that's maybe you know before this dystopian craze, the bulk of young adult literature. It's we're in a normal world, everything's safe, dad's a cop, we wear sweaters, yeah. but oh wait, <laughs> we so, some, something weird happened. But somebody <laughs> stole my journal. Right, and, yeah. Uh, what? yeah. We have to fix this, and then you find out who it was, and it's old man Smithers, and if it weren't for you meddling kids, and yeah. then everything's fine. The again. mystery of the staircase. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Big Nancy Drew head. Uh-huh. Drew head right here. Drew head. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I think it's great that now this is sort of the, the tide is turning into something a little bit more uh, intellectual. That's amazing. Yeah. And were you guys happy with the ending? You thought it was Yeah, good. well I I don't know I don't know if happy is the right word, sure. but satisfied. Yes. Yeah, I felt yeah. satisfied. I felt yeah. like it wrapped itself up far too quickly. I would have liked to have seen a little bit of that given how mm. much time we spent in the setup. Um, right. I could have probably even done less time in the major action middle bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I know the movie's probably gonna concentrate on that. Sure. But um I I I I did. I loved it. Yeah, I I um couldn't off the top of my head think of a more, you know, satisfying no. resolution. I like that yeah. Gail is alive, but like working in another district. Probably right. kissing another girl. Right? Indeed. Sort of like, I hope so. Get on with your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought people had to die to make uh, it a like real and satisfying story. Not yeah. that I like want to see people die, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, sure, <laughs> I feel like sure. The world of the story. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Um, I actually didn't think it was summed up too quick. Uh-huh. I liked that yeah. it was um the action happened and then coin died with a little more action and then they were like okay right. things are not good but they're heading that direction yeah and um yeah. i don't like when people like hang around the epilogue too long telling you what you shouldn't feel and like right, getting right, from right. it and yeah. now and i learned this yeah. yeah but um and i uh i was surprised and delighted to find a kind of arc with uh, president snow 
Because, you know, mm, he had been this kind of tackling. Just, ah, 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 yeah. I mean, he was Smithers. a monster. Yes. he w- You know, he had been Smithers. And <laughs> I like getting that bit of his background that he had, you know, he's been drinking poison for years to, you know, to, to withstand his own rise to power. Yeah. And that and that he kind of, you know, exposes exposes like the, the real truth of things to her in the yeah. end. Oh, yeah. Everything is better now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that she believes that pact with oh. that kind of a monster that, you know, say, hey, we both made that promise. Yeah. Why? What, what reason do I have to lie? And how smart she is to sort of look beyond the cackling version mm-hmm. I know. Right. into right. the greater truth. And that yeah. it's Snow that has to be the one to tell her that. Yeah. 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 Oh. yeah. I thought it was the biggest, uh, for me, it, the, it was it was a letdown when Finnick tells the secrets and you find out, oh my God, Snow's been poisoning people for years. Uh-huh. And everyone's like in shock. And I was like, yeah, no, duh. Right? No, please. Like yeah. to me, that was like the young adult book. <laughs> oh. And like kids right. are reading it being like, oh my yep. God, he kills people. Yeah. And for us, we're like, okay, yeah. Right. Uh-huh. He's nope, the president. For me, I was like, ooh, wow, cool. Yeah. Like, I'm like a child when right. I'm yeah. in these kinds of stories. Like, uh-huh. I, in movies, I never, you know, I consider myself a pretty intelligent human being, but in mo- it's it's uncanny because in any movie, like, my dad used to see, like, oh, this is what's going to happen next. Like, no, I would have never guessed that. Uh-huh. I'm, like, right in it. You're in with, the spell, yeah. I'm in the spell of ignorance with that character yeah. until it's revealed to me. Sure. Which is why these kinds of things are very exciting and uh-huh. such a joy. It's like, yeah. oh, didn't. I don't know. That, I mean, I understand that that wasn't some major thing, but, uh, you know, it's the whole notion of him being trading sex for secrets and him being the one to reveal all that. I feel like that made him Finnick a very three-dimensional character, oh, which we hadn't yeah. necessarily yeah. seen. Right, right, right. And then we find out in, like, that same, I think, chapter that Hamish, uh Snow had killed his mother, his brother, his like, girlfriend. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, why yeah. he needs to anesthetize himself, you know, basically poisoning himself in another way to be able to handle life. Yeah, well, and, another, and it's another aspect of that thing where, I mean, Hamish, you know, is, I mean, he's definitely in command, and especially, you know, when he's sober in this book, and but he's been kind of a comical figure. He's a mentor figure, but he's the drunk, you know, funny sort of guy who's, yeah. you know, too wise for the ways of the world. But, you know, remembering that he is a bloodthirsty killer, too, and that, you know, and like I love... uh the BT character is sort of a minor character. He's there to basically oh, yeah. build the death machines. But I love when it calls back when she sees a certain look in his eye when he's building one of his machines. Mm-hmm. And she flashes back to, like, the footage that she'd seen of him electrocuting a bunch right. of children, yeah. right. you know, as a child. Yeah. <laughs> Every man for himself from the beginning. Uh-huh. And it was kind yeah. of like the effects of the Hunger Games never leave anybody. Right. Yeah. Like, once you're in this crazy situation, uh-huh. it uh, just it just stays with you. Right. And that's why I actually thought that be- having PETA come back to the city with Katniss, yeah. this crazy stressful situation was, like, actually wonderful for him. Right. Because mm-hmm. it forced him to be like, listen, we will die, yeah. or we will get rid of these bad memories, or yeah. learn to deal with it. Uh-huh. So it's just, like, right. forcing him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and relying on his companions for the truth too. I yeah. love that, like real, not real, real, not real. I need yeah. to trust you because I can't trust myself. Right. Well, you know, and and I and I love that that game. It kind of called back to something that previously in the books was kind of annoying me that uh, yeah. that Katniss is um, is constantly kind of checking in with herself. Okay, this is who I am. I'm Katniss. I'm from District Twelve, yeah. and it's almost like you know, like a like a device, like the author giving us a plot summary in case you haven't read the previous book. <laughs> okay, so okay. it felt kind of <laughs> artificial, but that becoming a plot point and that becoming a way to keep the mind yeah. and heart of this character alive made it. You know, Smart. okay, and yeah. memory. She probably saw the message boards of irritation. Uh-huh. Was like, gotta uh-huh. spend this in something. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh huh. Okay, there we go. Yeah, I liked yeah. it. I mean, I liked the whole series. I I would totally recommend it. I think that sometimes you need these like fast page turners. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm reading a book now and I'm enjoying it, but I have to like sit down and yeah. read it and like think. Whereas yeah. like sometimes it's nice that like if you miss a couple pages, like it's not. Gonna yeah. Oh, no, no, yeah. <laughs> I no. never read these kinds of books, so I'm so excited that I because I don't. I th- I thought that I wouldn't enjoy them. I'm not into genre. I love yeah. just straight, you know, people talking about feelings fiction sure. or whatever. Modern literature. Modern literature. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. I now am digging the yeah. page well, turner I'm thing. actually for a uh, future BCO podcast. I've started to read uh, The Pale King by David Foster Wallace. He's a brilliant writer. Rest in peace. But <laughs> the 
contrast, yeah. the arduous yeah. internal dialogue and every concept deconstructed as he goes. I it's, feel bad you're doing that too because uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he dies uh, uh, in between it, so there's not the editor can't go back and be like, listen, you got to edit this. Sure, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. You just have to stay the way. Did it you right, choose yeah. this one? You can do another Wallace. Well, it, it sort of it sort of came up as uh, uh, a tax day. Like, what's a good tax day book to <laughs> read? We're like picking out holidays so we can sync up with iTunes. Sure, this one's about taxes, or it's as laborious as taxes. An uh, yes, okay. yeah, yeah. The character's an accountant, but so far, I mean, they're <laughs> gems. He's a brilliant. Uh, yes, it's like um, it's like doing taxes on peyote. I'll oh, put it there. Oh, yeah. something to look forward to. That's coming in April, right? <laughs> Indeed, yes, April thirteenth. Yes. Also, I'm reading the Book of Heaven right now, Patricia Storis. Ah, and so I'll be talking with her. That'll be in April as well, maybe May. But um, it's kind of like a. Um, retelling of some of the famous Old Testament stories with a female perspective. Oh. And it's very interesting. Wow. Yeah. Nice. What are you reading right now? Anything? I'm reading, um, I keep forgetting the name of this book because it's uh, it's so much like the true love story of Alfred J. Prufrock that that's what I want to say it is every time. Hmm. But it's the love story, the the love affairs of Joshua P., I believe. Okay. Lena Dunham recommended it and she said I made to my To you whole, personally? Yes. Um, really? We are BFFs. Oh. Lena, please call me back. <laughs> uh, no. Um, she recommended it in a you know public uh, way, mm-hmm. and she said that I made my whole um, girl staff, uh, all my writers read it, and they we all just ate it up. It was so good, and it's absolutely wonderful. And it's written by a woman, but it's in the perspective of a Brooklyn late twenties uh, writer, struggling guy right now, and it's it's absolutely phenomenal how how well he captures this generation cool. so um is that our generation which generation? our generation okay, sorry great. yes right now Your generation. sort of like a disaffected <laughs> unable my generation we're all of the same yeah, more or less uh, okay <laughs> we're all teenagers here if you're listening we got the taxes uh-huh. over here right. uh-huh. <laughs> the young Brooklyn lifestyle I know and here I am with the taxes uh, <laughs> yeah. how did it end up like this I want to go back in the arena take you me can. back to the Hunger Games alright we're going uh, no <laughs> alright yeah. that's a great place to wrap it up um, where can we find you guys on like social media until uh, next time oh, well I'm Jason Squamata you can friend me on Facebook uh, S-Q-U-A-M-A-T-A and uh, there's uh, a website being constructed and I'll clue you in Great. a future podcast yeah about you um, I am Kira Hesser and you can follow me on Twitter at Kira Hesser or uh, follow me on Tumblr or Instagram I blog a lot of cool stuff at Flame Like Me which is a Bjork lyric uh-huh. <laughs> nice right on so you can see my Take allegiance I'm gonna wrap it up uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm Jeffrey Masters I tweet from Jeff Masters 1 and we will see you next time uh, and also uh, if I can uh, a little PS uh, if you're following us on iTunes through whatever vector you're following uh, Book Circle Online find us on iTunes uh, and uh, and leave a comment. Let's start a conversation. Give us some... Uh, and yeah. five stars. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right, yeah, five stars, please. And write come us on. handwritten letters telling us how cool you think we are. That would be awesome. <laughs> That'd be cool, too. Right, yeah. We will see you next time, guys. Thank you. Thank Bye. you so much. Bye. From managing editor Jason Squamata, executive producers Maria Menunos, Phil Svitek, and Kevin Undergaro, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Book Circle Online. For more discussion, go to bookcircleonline.com. And if you have comments, questions, or book title suggestions, write us at info at bookcircleonline.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this is Book Circle Online. BCO, join the circle. <laughs>